Hey, welcome to the Christ Fellowship Podcast. This is Derek. We are pumped to have you today. Uh, man, I, I've been so encouraged and, and inspired by some of the different things I'm seeing, whether it's a sports team that goes from being really bad to really good, or whether it's an individual that, that is not good at something, but they put the work and the effort in, and they actually get really good at something. And, uh, and oftentimes we see that in the world, but we don't think about that with our faith. And what we believe, the scripture shows us, is that God meets us where we are, but he doesn't want to keep us where he met us. So today we're going to talk about this kind of churchy, religious word that sounds uh, sometimes a little overwhelming. I want to talk about sanctification, and we want to talk about it in a higher way, a way that God views it, and how God wants to meet us where we are, but He wants to move us forward. He wants us to grow from glory to glory. He actually wants us to grow, to ascend, to mature. So I would love for you to grab your Bible, grab your notes, and let's dig in to see how God wants to grow you in this next season. Yeah, we recognize, man, your majesty in this room today. Your worth that is beyond measure. Your grace that goes well beyond amazing. We praise you, we honor you today. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Thank you that in your majesty, you invite us to participate with you. What an incredible, incredible thought. The one who's worthy says, come and be with me. Come and walk with me. Come and participate. Partner with me. And so, Lord, as we open up the scriptures today, we have ears that are turned towards heaven. And we have a heart that's yielded to say yes. That we would see your kingdom come will would be done here in our homes, in our communities, in the city, in our schools, in our businesses, as it is in heaven. We honor you today. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Go ahead and find a seat. So good to be with you this morning. Great to have an hour extra sleep unless you have little kids and then you got no extra sleep. It's one of the gifts of having teenagers. You're like, man, things are hard, but man, I get one day, one hour. That is actually, no, I'm just joking with you. I love teenagers. Uh, welcome, though, for those that are joining us as guests, those that are joining us online. We welcome you guys. Um, man, we try to be a really simple church. We love the presence of God. We believe we're gathered around him. And as a community, we're learning how do we participate with him? How do we join with what God's doing? Not just on a Sunday morning, but how do we participate with what God's doing, you know, at the office, in, in our classroom, in, in our own homes? How do we participate with God? That's the invitation. And that's what we long to see in the lives of those that call Christ Fellowship home. So if you're new here, welcome. This is what we love to do. We love to make much of Jesus. We love to gather together to encourage one another to exhort one another to love and good deeds. And, um, and that's what we're going to do today. I would love for you to grab your Bible. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 in just a moment. We're in this higher series where we're looking at, you know, God has some thoughts that are higher than ours. He has ways that are higher than ours. And today is something that I'm really passionate about. And I love how our church leans into that. But I want to challenge us to have a higher view of this thing. 
Now, one of the things I also love uh, in life is when we see somebody move from being decent at something to somebody move to like really good at something. Like when they're okay, but they put some work and they put some effort in and then they get really good. And so, you know, recently we just had the World Series. I do not like baseball at all. That's the only time of the year that I watch maybe an inning or two is when the World Series is on. But, but this year, the World Series uh, winner was the Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers. Wow, wow, all the way from Texas. Love it back there. Um, if you're watching Texas, you got some peeps in the room here. But the Texas Rangers, it's interesting. They've been an organization for over 60 years and had never won the World Series up to this point. Pretty profound. And what's even more like interesting and inspiring to me about this story is, listen to this, in, in 2021, their record, wins and losses, they, they won 60 and they lost 102 games. 22, no, that's last year, right? Not that long ago. They won 68 games and they lost 94 games. Still pretty pitiful. This year, they won 90 games, lost 72, and they won the World Series, right? It, it's like this, like this stepping and something about seeing a team do that, it's really exciting. Or, or maybe like you're not a sports guy. That's fine. We've got a lot of people that aren't sports people here. Maybe your kid plays an instrument. And when they get that instrument, it is brutal when they first get it. Is it not, right? You're like down in the basement, get some insulation, like put, like go over there. I don't want to hear it. La, 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 right? And then guess what? They keep practicing. You keep showing up. You keep sending them to, man, maybe this teacher will help or maybe they, and then little by little, they get better and better. And then one day, many of us in the room, like your band parents, and they get out there and they're playing for Dobbins Bennett or Science Hill or Westridge and they're winning awards. And you're like, will you please play again? play a little longer. Before it was, oh my goodness, this is horrible. What are we doing? So yes, yes, yes. What is that? That's an ascension. And I believe actually as people that are made in the image of God and designed by God intentionally that we are created with a desire to ascend and grow. All of us, we, we are created by God with this propensity, this desire to not only see others grow and ascend, but for our own lives, for our own families, that we would grow and ascend. That's why we see the scripture. I love what Paul writes to the church of Corinth. He says, as you behold the face of your Savior, you are going to be transformed from glory to what? Wow, wow. Glory to glory. Glory to glory. Guess what that is? That's an ascension. The scriptures also tell us that the future of the church is way more brilliant and powerful than the past of the church. Guess what that is? Ascension, growth. And sometimes we get a little weird in the church world. Sometimes, oftentimes, we get a little weird in the church world. And we have this notion that I just need to be content. I just got to, you know, be content. Doesn't the Bible say something about being content? And it does. But I think we need to delineate between what is holy discontentment and unholy discontentment. Unholy discontentment is when I'm discontent purely in my temporary reality. My money, the power, the position, all of these things. And, and Paul tells us a lot about this. He's like, man, whether I have a lot or have a little, I've learned to be content. So yes, man, in the temporary, earthly, like normal things that we need, the Lord's like, like, be content. Like, seek first the kingdom and my way of doing things, my righteousness, and everything else will be added. So he's like, be content. 
But the scriptures tell us time and time again, you don't have to be content with other things. Here's some things you don't have to be content with is, is your desire to experience all that God has for you. We shouldn't be content when we see brokenness in our own lives, brokenness in our families' lives, brokenness in our community, brokenness in our country, brokenness in the world. Really clear right now. You turn on any news channel, you see a lot of brokenness. We should not be content with that. Can somebody say amen to that, right? That's a holy discontentment that we should say, God, this is not your way. This is not your desire. I'm discontent with this because I know it doesn't align with heaven. This is a holy discontentment. The scriptures tell us that God feeds the hungry and gives drink to the thirsty. There's a discontentment there that something about that God wants to pour out on. And so there's this reality that, man, yeah, there are some things that we're called to be content with. But then the Lord says, man, there's something that you shouldn't be content with. And that's what I want to talk about today. The thing that we shouldn't just be content with, and here's, here's the truth that I think most, if not all of us will agree with, is God meets us where we are. Can anybody else say, woohoo, yes to that, thank you, that's my story, right? Like, like, like just for a second, just, I'm going to ask for participation here. If, if you ever were in a bad season where you struggled with something, whether it was an addiction, whether it was bad decisions, financial decisions, relationship decisions, uh, you found yourself running from God, you found yourself um, trying to, to go after things you knew were not the Lord, and in that season, in that moment, you recognized that God was with you and that he was for you. This should, will you raise your hand up besides me? Anybody? Now look around the room right now. Look around the room, everybody. Balcony, you guys have an advantage. You can see everything, right? You guys are like God up there. You're closer to God, by the way. But look, all of us, this is our story. God meets us where we're at. It's filled with the scriptures. There are tons of scriptures. All the stories of the scriptures are God met people where they're at. And it's beautiful and it's inspiring. And we're like, yes, yes, yes. But here is the reality that I want to challenge you with and I'm here to tell you today to, to, to urge you with is although God meets us where we are, he doesn't want you to stay where you are. Mm. God meets us where we are. Thank you, Jesus, in the midst of my addiction, in the midst of my struggle, in the midst of my pain. You met me. Thank you, Lord. And the Lord's like, yes, I did, but I don't want you to stay like this forever. That's the story of the scriptures, right? Every time God meets people where they're at, but then he's like, Derek, get your head up. I want you to grow. I want you to mature. I want you to move forward. And I think of the woman, um, the woman of the scripture that just, it, it really just, I think, gives us a picture of, of God. Um, there's a, a woman who, for probably lots of reasons, finds herself in an, in an adultery. She's committing adultery for the adults in the room. You understand what that means. I don't have to do the birds and the beasts thing. You know what's happening right there, right? And, and it was actually in the act of that, in the act of committing adultery, some religious leaders find her in the act, pull her out of the act, and throw her in front of Jesus. We don't know what she has on at that point, which they covered up. I don't know. But, but super embarrassing, shameful. And they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, our law says we're to stone her and kill her. What do you say? Don't you love Jesus? He's like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Jesus, hey, 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 we got a woman here. We caught her in the act. We're supposed to stone her. What do you say? 
Jesus, what do you want? I just, oh, it's so good to read the scripture and just picture yourself in it. And I just picture Jesus standing up and looking eye to eye, eye contact with all of them. And he says this, ooh, this mic drop moment. He says, any of you who have not sinned before, go ahead and throw the first stone. Drop the mic. And then what's cool, as Jesus drops the mic, you know what starts happening? Rocks start dropping. Just think about it. Think about it. if you were there and hearing the studs hit the ground. One by one, all of them are gone. This woman, not knowing exactly what's happening, probably in a fetal position, covered up. Like, can you imagine the thoughts that are going through her mind right now? Like the embarrassment, the shame, like they're going to kill me. All these thoughts. He's a, very, a real woman sitting there. And, and Jesus gets down on her level because why? He meets us where we're at. Somebody say, let's go. Come on. He meets us where we're at. And then he says, woman, where are those that are accusing you? And I just picture her sobbing, face just drenched with her tears. She looks up and she looks around and she's like, no one. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn <laughs> And then he says, so he met her where she's at right there. And then what did he say? Go and do what you were doing before. No, 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 no. Jesus would not say that to you. He would not say that to you today. You know what he says? He's like, neither do I condemn you. Get up and sin no more. Get up and sin no more. Now, now that word sin no more, we get weird about that, but it means Stop separating from the truth of who I made you to be. Stop separating from the truth that you are worthy. You don't have to find your worth in a man. And somebody say, preach that to my daughter right now. You don't have to do that. Stop separating from the truth of who I made you to be. Live in congruency. Live in harmony with who I made you to be. Go and sin no more. God met her where she was, but he's like, listen, there's so much better for you. And I'm here today to tell you, God meets you where you're at. But listen, there is so much more that God wants to do in your life. So whether you're walking with the Lord for 30 years, some of us have been walking with the Lord 40 years. I believe that God today and every day wants to meet you. And he says, good job. Great job. Let's go. Maybe today you're struggling, you're trying to figure things out. You're like, why are we singing these songs? Why is there somebody up here dancing? Like, what are we doing? You're like, I don't know about these people. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder by myself. I don't know. Anyhow, if that's you today, the Lord's like, I want to meet you where you're at. I want to meet you where you're at. Yes, in your addiction, in your struggles, in your pain, all that. I want to meet you, but here's what I, I don't want to leave you there. I want you to follow me. I want you to walk with me. And so Ephesians chapter four, we, we see Paul addressing a church, the church of Ephesus. And, and it's, it's this kind of message, right? It's, it's a message of growth. It's a, it's a message of, of moving forward, of ascending. He says this in verse 11. He says, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints, the people, for the work of the ministry. So, so he gives leadership in churches, capital C church, but local churches, not for the leaders to build their platform. That's not so much of the American churches. That, that's not the intention of being a leader in the church. It is to pour out so that the people are equipped to partner with God in their sphere of influence. That's the heart of our church. That's the vision of our church, 
to equip and empower individuals to be everything God designed them to be. So he says these people are given to the saints, the people of God, for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. God wants you to mature. Wow. Oh, wow. That's a great revelation. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children, right? It's maturity. He meets you here, but it's like, let's go. Let's mature. So no longer like children, like where I met you at, that was tossed to and fro with the waves and cared about by everyone of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to what? Grow up. Wow. We are to grow up. How are we supposed to grow up? In every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, which, or when each part of the, is working properly makes the body grow, there it is again, grow, so that builds itself up in love. So real quick, God's desire for you, for every individual, and for our greater community is that we would grow and mature. He meets us where we're at, but he wants to lead us into growth. He wants us to ascend. He wants us to go from glory to glory. This is the whole context of what Paul is writing to this church. Don't be content with where God met you. Follow him and continue to grow, continue to mature. Now, this process of growing into the fullness of Christ that we see is what God desires for us is called sanctification. Now, that word is, seems really churchy and it seems very, very religious Depending on your background, maybe it causes some thoughts to come to your head, but that word sanctification, it's, it's not about just do the right thing and stop doing the wrong thing. Like do more right and do less wrong. That's, that's not the intent of the word. Actually, the Latin root of the word means to make holy. To make holy. And once again, that's a hard word for us to understand. Holy, it, it means holy is, is whole, uh, without separation, without division. So it's, it, that word sanctification is when we are made to be more whole and less fragmented, less divisive within and separated within, also here. So today I, I want to talk about a higher view of, of sanctification. And here's a, a, a way that has helped me really understand this. It's the sanctification is the journey of becoming who we already are in Christ. Well, let's just sit with that for a second. Sanctification is the journey of the process of you and I becoming, not there yet, we're becoming who we already are in Christ. So there are... Um, physical laws in the universe. There's physical things. Like if I stepped off this, I would go down very athletically, but I would go down. Right. So, uh, <laughs> my, I'm almost 40. My wife is giving me a hard time about turning 40 all the time. And so it would be very athletic, baby, just back in my days. Right. <laughs> Anyhow. So, but there are laws, right? And so here, here's what we need to know. There are also spiritual truths that are true no matter what. Right. There are spiritual truths, but what I know about spiritual truth is actually God doesn't want them just to become or stay in spiritual realm. He wants spiritual truths to become true in the present tense now. 
right? So spiritual truth comes first and then the reality, right? So, so here, let me show you this um, as an example. So a spiritual truth is that as a follower of Jesus, uh, Christ is in me and I am in Christ. Like that would just blow up. Just think days and days about that truth. But and I was born again. I, Christ is in me and I am in Christ. That means when the Father sees me, he doesn't see all the things that are wrong with me. He sees the righteousness of Jesus. Anybody glad for that? He sees the beauty of Jesus. He sees me as he created me to be, right? So, so here's the thing. In Christ, I am holy and I'm righteous. Tell your neighbor right now, I am holy and righteous right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. In Christ, I am blameless and free. Now really tell the other neighbor on the other side, I am blameless and free, right? In Christ, listen to this, I am, Derek is everything that God made me to be. I am already that in Christ. Don't say that to your neighbor because you're not me, right? Don't say that, okay? So in Christ, I am already everything I'm supposed to be. That's a spiritual truth. Now here's the question. Is that a real truth that in life, I am perfect at everything I do? Okay, simmer down. <laughs> Getting close, right? So there's, there, there's a gap, okay? I think it's clear. Like, in Christ, holy, righteous, everyday life, my kids would tell you, I don't always live up to that standard, right? And that's true for all of us. Like, in Christ, I have every spiritual blessing. Do I always live like that? No. In Christ, I have access to, full access to all of God. Oh, my goodness. Do I always live like that? No. And so the process of this spiritual truth becoming true in reality is called sanctification. Is that clear? Like, does that help you understand that? And so this process is where I take the spiritual truth and it becomes a reality little by little where I'm becoming more and more who God made me already to be, who I already am. Sanctification. It's a beautiful word. It's a restored word that I want to raise up and elevate because I think it's so needed in this hour. And so the question then would be, how do we, how do, we do that? Like, how do we become who we're created to be? How do we have a reality of like all these things and true about us because we're in Christ and Christ is in me and how do we actually live that out? How do we move that? Well, well, I think we have several keys that give us some clarity. So Romans chapter 12, one and two, it says, I appeal to you therefore, my brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now look at verse two. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed, how? By the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So, so hear me. True sanctification begins with a renewed mind that overflows into renewed living. Sanctification doesn't be begin with like, you got to start doing better. Start like, like stop doing the thing you're supposed to not do and do more of the things you're supposed to do because you got to look the part, you know, people are watching you. That's not sanctification. True sanctification, lasting sanctification, it begins in your, where? Mind. He says the renewal of their mind is where transformation happens. And thankfully, as we're in this letter to the church of Ephesus, Paul continues his thoughts. He says, grow, I want you to be built up in love. I want you to grow into the maturity of Christ. But then look at verse 17, back in Ephesians 4. He says, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their what? Wow, there it is. I told you, these are all going to strung, to get, uh, strung together. 
don't walk like they do in the futility of their mind. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous. I think so many believers have become callous on in this day. Hard-hearted. I think it plagues the church of the West today. We've become callous. We've become greedy. We've turned ourselves over here to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But look at verse 20. He says, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed. There's that word again, renewed in the spirit of your what? Minds. Wow. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. So we see this key that so many times in the church world and the religious world, we want to go after the action or the activity. Stop looking at that on the internet. Obviously, right? Stop, stop texting that person who's not your spouse. Obviously. Stop saying that thing about this other person. Stop speaking that way. Stop. Yeah, of course we want to stop that, but we don't typically get to the root and it's at the root that we actually see transformation and sanctification. We would just want to change some things and then it's under our own ability. Like, how long can I make this happen? And statistics show us January 1st, don't last very long with our willpower, right? A couple weeks maybe. Lost some money at the gym. But, but so, so the, the hope is not that you would just go after the action, the, the fruit of that, but actually that we would go at the mind. What is the thing you're believing that's leading you to the thing, Right? And my wife, when she preached, I don't know, not this last time, but the time before that, she's like, she said this thing. She's like, man, be, let, let, let's make that thing uh, benefit us before it leaves us. Like, it should serve us before it leaves us. And so here's the thing. If we just cut out the thing that we're struggling with, that would be great. But honestly, if, 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 if we look at it, like, it's just going to show up in some other way. But like, what caused me to do the thing in the first place? What was the belief that I had, the mindset that I had that got me to the place where I thought that was a good idea? That's the deeper work. That's the work of sanctification. It's the mind. And so thankfully, that's not just something we do on our own. We, we have the scriptures that, that tell us this beautiful truth that the Lord gives us the Holy Spirit. So you don't have to turn there, but 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, this ties in beautifully with Isaiah 55, where the Lord's thoughts are higher, his ways are higher. And he's inviting us to know them. This is verse 11. It says, for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. <laughs> now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. I want you to hear this, that the Holy Spirit is central to sanctification. The Holy Spirit is central in our becoming everything we already are in Christ because it's the Holy Spirit who knows the mind of God, the ways of God. And then God says, I'm, I'm going to take care of this whole thing. I'm going to put the Spirit of God in you so that you can know my thoughts, you can know my ways, and you can live in that. And in that process, as we begin to be more aware of the Spirit and we say yes to the Spirit, we are through sanctification. We're becoming, becoming who we already are in Christ. 
We're growing, we're maturing. And the beautiful part about the Spirit is he's the one that teaches us. He reminds us. He convicts us. He gives us gifts. He reveals the mind of Christ and gives us revelation and wisdom from heaven. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. None of the sanctification that the scriptures tell us is possible apart from the Spirit of God. And this is my own experience. Like I was raised in church. Man, I, I knew a lot about God. I didn't really have a depth of knowing God. I didn't know him personally really to my mid-20s. And in my mid-20s, uh, my wife and I, just through a, a lot of hard things and experiences, we encountered the Holy Spirit really for the first time. And uh, in that process, uh, I became more and more aware of his voice, more and more aware of his nudges. Anybody ever been nudged by the Holy Spirit? Sometimes it's a nudge and sometimes it's a boom, right? Like sometimes like, whoa, okay. And, and so I, as I got to know more and more the Spirit, as I read the scriptures, they actually became alive. What was so dead to me before and just going through the motion, we began to just open the scriptures and say, Holy Spirit, you wrote this book. You know it better than I do. Will you teach it to me? Like, have you ever sat down with an author of a book and you're like, wow, I didn't know the depth of what you were writing. That's what it's like to read the Holy Spirit or read the Holy Spirit, read the scriptures with the Holy Spirit, right? Right? And then we just became more and more aware and we began to pray more and like we saw some things and, and honestly, little by little, and thankfully my wife's here this uh, 11 o'clock, um, she can attest that little by little I began to change, right baby, right? And so like little things would happen where um, I felt the Lord prompt me, hey, the way you spoke to your wife last night, that wasn't in agreement with me. Go tell her you're sorry. Hey, the dishes are there in the, dish, in the sink. Not the dishwasher. It shows you how many times I've washed it now. Sure. Um, the dishes right there, they're dirty. Why don't you stop from what you're doing? Why don't you wash the dishes to bless your wife? Hey, you just spoke pretty harshly to your kids. Why don't you sit them on their bed and model for them what it looks like to seek forgiveness? And little by little, slow process, sanctification. Am I walking fully in who I am in Christ? No, I'm not there yet. But my wife will tell you, Derek, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, very different man. It's not me doing it. It's that the Lord is inviting all of us to meet us where we're at and say, will you follow me? Will you trust me? Learn my rhythms, learn my way, learn the way I speak, begin to say yes to me. And so what's required for this process? Because I'm telling you right now, wherever you're at, I don't care where you've been right now, I'm telling you, the Lord wants to move you to the next level. I'm telling you, he does. Whether you've been saying no for 30 years, I know some people are like frustrated, like, man, I'm, I'm older now. It's like, no, I don't care if you're 70 years old, 80 years old. Listen, the Lord wants to bring you into another level. He does. That's who he is. So how do we do that? Well, three things I'm going to close with here today. There are three things that I think the scriptures show us that are required if we're going to enter into this sanctification process to become more and more who God made us to be. Number one thing is that we have to realize that sanctification is an act of participation. Like God doesn't just from heaven zap us with lightning and everything's perfect. That's not how God works. It's an invitation to participate with him to learn his ways, to yield to him. And so it's this participation. So yes, should we pray, Lord, like, like take the desire from, for this away from me? Yes, we can pray that. We should pray that. And by God's grace, sometimes that hits and it's amazing. A miracle happens. Oh, so good. But so many more times he's like, listen, I'm going to walk with you and I want you to learn to trust my voice. 
Little by little, will you trust me? Like, hey, let's turn that TV off. It's probably not going in the right direction. Will you trust me in that? Hey, will, will you uh, text this person? Will, will you trust me in that? Will you be kind to this person that's being a real you-know-what to you? Will you trust me in that? There's these, all these little steps, and so it's this act of participation. It doesn't just happen. It's not just an instant download and it's over. No, it's a process. It's a walk. The second thing is it requires humility to recognize when and where we are not aligned with God. And that one's hard because we like to be right and we support our positions and our beliefs. And yet if we want to become more and more like God, we've got to be real and be honest with areas of our life, our thoughts, our words, and our actions that don't align with the kingdom of God. And as we step through that, if we recognize it's participation, as we recognize it takes a lot of humility. The third one is so hard is that then we have to be willing to yield to God above our religious, our political, our financial, or our cultural bents and positions. And that one hurts. So Derek, you're saying I've got to submit to God. It's actually what the whole Bible is about. Like Derek, you're saying like, I've got to die to my own desires and I've got to trust that God's desires are good. Yeah, that's the invitation. He meets us where we're at, but he's like, Derek, let's go, man. Great job over the last 15 years, man. It's been fun. Let's go. But Derek, do you know there's so much deeper things that I want? And here's what I need you. I want you to come into agreement with me. I want you to humble yourself. I want you to say yes and trust me. So that means, man, I've got to have a willingness to allow the kingdom to be over my religious traditions. this day, I've got to allow the kingdom of God to to be my decision maker, not just in political parties. Kingdom over politics. Kingdom over all these things. So the invitation I feel like the Lord has for us today is is this Harold was even saying, he's inviting us to deeper waters. But it's scary sometimes. And it takes us being willing to let go of the rope that's keeping us where we're at. So here's what I want to do today. I just want to close out with this. Just a moment where we let the Spirit of God just remind us of anything in our lives where He's like, let me put my finger on this thing that you're believing. Maybe this thing you keep saying. And maybe even something as simple as like, there's this thing you're doing that you know, you and I know, you don't need a rocket science, you don't need a pastor right beside you. You know that is not God's desire for you. And here's the thing about the Lord. He didn't come to condemn us, but to save us. It's such good news. So when he puts his finger on something, it's not to say you're terrible. No, it's like, I have better for you. I have more than what you're experiencing right now. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell me the truth and I want you to leave it to me and I want you to say yes to my ways. So Holy Spirit, just like David prayed, search us and know us. There's anything we're thinking, anything we're doing, anything we're speaking that's not of you, Lord, the Holy Spirit, we just ask right now in your grace and your mercy that you would put your finger on it. myself, it just felt like the Lord was prompting and reminded me of something that, honestly, Kate and I have talked about a lot, this way that I engage in some situations in our home, like I, I want it, I want to, 
I don't want that to be what I'm known for with my kids. It's hard to say out loud, but it's true. So what is it for you? So that the process that we walk through all the time is, Lord, here it is. I'm going to tell you the truth. Here's where I struggle. Here's where I know I'm not experiencing the fullness of life and I'm settling for this lie or I'm engaging in this kind of activity. Just tell them the truth. And then we yield. We just say, Lord, I want to do it your way. I don't want to do it my way anymore. And I need your spirit to empower me. Your grace that is sufficient for everything. That gap between the spiritual truth and the reality gets smaller and smaller. That's what I want, Lord. I want to be walking more in your fullness tomorrow than I did yesterday. So, Lord, I just bless this community of faith, this family that we call Christ Fellowship. Lord, that we would not settle, that we would not be content with the things that you're not content with. Lord, I pray you would stir us up that we would be a hungry people people that don't settle for just this is just where I'm at this is where I've been for 30 years but we would continually walk with you and follow you from glory to glory glory to glory glory to glory not for our name but for your name that it would be known in the tri-cities and beyond around the world that your kingdom would really come on earth as it is in heaven I pray this in Jesus name amen At this time, I'd like to invite the prayer team forward. You know, as I was thinking about today and everyone in this room and everyone watching online, I was really overwhelmed with the diversity of people, that we're all different. We're all in different places in our life, but yet the Holy Spirit is so personal and intimate with all of us. And in spaces like this, in times like this, you know that he's inviting each of us, just like Derek mentioned, to, he's inviting us higher to this new place, to a step forward in us walking in the fullness of who he's called us to be. And if you're anything like me, sometimes, because we will all want to live a lifestyle of saying yes to the Lord, sometimes when we hear the voice calling us to a new place, then we start making plans, our own plans and our own agenda of how to make that happen. And we just fall and we fail. Because the Lord says in Matthew that with man it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And I love that the Holy Spirit is our best friend. And these places that he's inviting us to, he's saying, I'm calling you to this place. I'm calling you here, but I'm calling you with me, with the empowerment of my spirit. And so today, if you're looking, if you hear the Lord's voice just calling you to to this place where maybe he's calling you in something that you've tried before and you've fallen or this new place that you're a little nervous, we would like to link our faith with yours and pray for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, for you to be clothed in the power of the Spirit. So we just invite you to come up for prayer after service. Otherwise, just a reminder that we are still collecting Operation Christmas Child boxes. And if you've been meaning to grab a box but haven't, you've not missed your opportunity. We have a few boxes left. Otherwise, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you in all that you do this week and everywhere you go. We'll see you Sunday.